Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 108. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Michael Ira Kaplan at K-A-P, Kaplan America on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. Where do you find I'm us? I'm on Kaplan America on Instagram. We're at Lost in America Pod on Instagram. And you're on Turner Sparks? Yes. That's you? you finally got me right. Turner so, Sparks. I got it. I figured it out. On Instagram today, Kaplan. Election pod. A special election pod, so all of our, our, our listeners who are coming here for answers about the election, make sure to follow us on social media, and then listen to this episode, and you're going to know who to vote for. That's why we're putting it out on Monday. That's why. We're so, oh, right. Yes, this is a day, two days early. Two days early, because we want to catch you before you vote on the podcast today. We have... This is the October surprise that they're talking about. It's November, like right before the election. Nobody anticipated that we'd be dropping this podcast. Gary Johnson. Yes. Ran for president in 2016. He's now running for senator of New Mexico in 2018. He used to be the governor He's of New Mexico. He's a two-time governor of New Mexico. And he, that's a real state. In the continental United States, <laughs> not real, like Alaska or Hawaii. That's it's a, like a real legitimate state. Look it up. It and exists. he's going to be on our podcast. He's coming on. It's crazy. It's insane. This is a guy. Well, yeah. This is going to be. I, I can't wait for it. So he's. How did we get him? You got him. Yeah, it's why you have to know a lot of people in lots of places. That's my skill. I, mean, I don't have that many good friends. Most of my friends probably hate me, but I know sure. a lot of people in the world. So our <laughs> old friend from the podcast, Jeremy Carrican, yes, who wrote, uh, we both saw his play, Lifespan of a Fact. It's on Broadway right now. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic play. If you're in New York, go see it. And uh, he worked for Gary Johnson's campaign, as he mentioned when he was on our podcast back in 2012 and 2016. And he... He put me in touch with the guy behind the guy. Look and at I that! I don't know. I just, I, I obviously told him how big the podcast is, and he looked at. He didn't have to. He asked around. People know us. People know. So here's so. what I did to prepare. I called up Uncle Keith. Keith Sparks owns owner of Sparks Office Solutions on Canal Street in Carlsbad, New Mexico. If you're ever there, go check okay, it out. Check it out. Go a lot of plugs in this opening. Yes. <laughs> Uncle Keith, I asked him, what do I ask Gary Johnson? He's your old governor. He gave me a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to throw it all oh. at, uh, do we call him Governor Gary Johnson? Yeah, that that's the whole thing. I think it's whatever your most senior job you've ever had. Yes. You stay with that title forever. So what would you be? So like, 
my assistant, podcaster <laughs> Kaplan. Podcaster That's Kaplan. why it was Bill Cosby was always Dr. Cosby. Oh, wait, bad example. But <laughs> yes. yeah, so you know, like you say New Gingrich, they still say Speaker Gingrich. And it's speaker like he was, Gingrich. He was a speaker of the house in like 1995, but yeah. boom. And so. then also, action-packed episode, we also have our old friend Andrea Jones-Roy coming back from 538.com. She's like our Steve Kornacki, the, like, the, the Carl Rowe, the, post, the pollster, the brains of this operation. She's going to tell us what districts to look out for. Is she bringing like a big computer screen that she she's, can like... Yeah, uh, she's a statistics person. Yeah. That's what 538 does. They're all statistics. Yeah, they bunch of math out, uh, geeks over there. In 2008, they got 50 out of 50 states, right? Yeah, is that predicting Nate, Nate the, Silver? Predicting the election. The guy, yeah, yeah. yeah, So she's going to tell us how the election is going to shake out. So yeah. that'll be... Yeah, he, and he said with tw- that Trump had a 28% chance of winning and everyone shits on all the polls are wrong. Yeah, he but was that, wrong. That was, well, that's no, that's probability. He did a good job. He gave him a 28% chance. Most people gave him like a 2% chance. Oh, okay. So I'm saying he's, this is the best operation to bring someone from. Well, if you do statistics, you really can't lose. Because even if you say they have a 1% chance and you're like, I told you they had a chance. Right. Well, if you said they had a 0%. That's like why it, you never say a, zero. Never. It's the dumb and dumber <laughs> philosophy. Yes. <laughs> so she's coming on later. It's going to be, this This is one of our, this is gonna, I'm very excited. This, this is, one is of the our podcast. Best. Get in now. Start, Get in Say you were a listener before this one explodes. Only 108 <laughs> weeks into the episode. Say you were on the ground floor. Yeah. We're still at the ground floor 108 we're, weeks we're, in. We're literally recording this on the ground floor. But. Exciting. Kaplan, I have dates to come uh, to plug. I got shows coming up all over the United States of America. Should I jump right into it? Yeah. Tell us about your U.S. tour. Wednesday night this week, I will be November 7th. I'll be at the Lantern Comedy Club in New York City. That's the place where all world tours begin. That's where they all begin. Then I'm flying out to Sacramento on Friday, November 9th. I'll be at Cata Verdera Country Club outside of Sacramento, California. November 13th, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, California. November 15th. Punchline Sacramento Comedy Club. Uh, I'll be opening for Jared Freed there. So the sh- if you want to go come to that show, it says Jared Freed on the website. People have already asked me about that. But I'll be on his show on Thursday, November 15th. November 17th, Serrano Country Club, El Dorado Hills, California. Then we're going November 29th, Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Tropicana Hotel. And back Casino. to the East Coast. Yes. All around the world. November 30th, Philly Comedy Club in Philadelphia. And then December 6th and 7th, I'm in Detroit, Michigan. And then in January, I'm going to Texas, and I'm going somewhere else. I don't well, know. you better save a date for next year's White House Correspondence Dinner, because once this, this podcast gets well, Gary Johnson, becomes yes. a senator, yes. people are going to want to know what the political com- comedian Turner Sparks is doing. Exactly. So, yeah. The political comedian Turner Sparks, <laughs> as they call me. Also, Cap, last thing, Amazon. It's still an app. It's still an app. If you want to support this podcast, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, which it very well could be if you're a fan of Gary Johnson, if you're going to support Gary Johnson, support our podcast. (laughs) If you decided you want to give money to two guys you never heard of and it's the first time listening to their podcast, give it to us. Here's a way you can do it. You don't even have to give us money. You're going to shop on Amazon anyway. Everyone does that. Before you shop on Amazon, go to lostinamericapod.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there's an advertisement for an Audrey Murray book. Click on that advertisement. It'll take you back to Amazon. Do your regular shopping a percentage of what you buy comes to us it's easy it's the most libertarian place to shop amazon it, so, it really is <laughs> so do that let's get to it cap should we get to lost in america let's let's play some music play the music We're back, Kaplan. Before we get to Lost America, I just want to say just this full disclosure, this Gary Johnson thing. 
Very nervous. Yeah, why? This is the most nervous <laughs> I've ever been for an interview because usually it's comedians, and even if they're someone well-known, I know them. I've met them. I do shows with them around town. If it's yeah. Ari Shafir or somebody, well, he's obviously not as, as well-known as Gary Johns, but even if he was, it's I know the person. But you, and I guess you're in the situation more than me, but with Gary Johns, I've never met him before. I'm studying up on politics. I called Uncle Keith yesterday oh, in Carlsbad, cra- New Mexico. Crash course in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. To try to get as much information as I could about New Mexico politics. There is a lot. I'm very excited to talk to him. There's a lot I want to talk about. Yeah. I've met him twice. Oh. So, you know. We're in different spots. We're in different spots. But I'm nervous because, yeah, this is, like, legitimate. And we don't know what the hell we're talking about. This is legit. Like, this is someone who, if we would have done this on episode one, yeah. it would have been fake. And we would have had Joe Schaefer do a voice yeah. of them. This is not Joe Schaefer. People look, Google real, his real voice. Look it up. This is the real person. And, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to be too nervous to ask him about plastic straws. But I hope I, <laughs> I, yeah, my hope, I, I hope I pull it off. We'll see. I think we can get some stuff out of him. But, okay, before all that, Lost in America. Yeah. So, we don't, political, we're all middle, right? Yeah. But there's no look. So every political faction has a look, and we need to figure out what our look is. I don't know. I did, we came across this article on politico.com yeah. that helps you figure out whatever your, uh, whatever party you fall into, but not just party, kind of like little faction within the party. Whatever you fall into, it gives you the look of how you're supposed to dress. Okay. So maybe this could help so us. So maybe we'll fashion. get some ideas. We could maybe borrow part of the all middles. You probably should borrow a little bit from each faction and put it all together. That's a good idea. As uh, Jimmy Schubert would say, take the, the little Marco's hand. Or yes, exactly. And the take career. Yeah. So. so first look, dirtbag lefty. All right. So I wouldn't say either one of us is a dirtbag lefty. We're definitely not dirtbag lefty. But here's here. the look of the dirtbag lefty. Okay, right. so it's called proletariat business casual. I get along with a lot of dirtbag lefties, though. So I do, know, too. Yeah, I do, so too. So I could steal some of their looks. Shout out. Proletariat. Uh, I don't know what that word means after all these years. I don't actually either. <laughs> yeah, but uh, business casual, I understand that. Okay, right. so the look is, I'm just going to describe it. It says facial hair. You have that facial hair, like you have a beard, but not. Um, it's on purpose, but you look like it's not on purpose. You look like you just haven't shaved in a couple days. Okay, but it's not a full beard. It's like the couple, the you know. And then you have glasses, black frame glasses, which I actually do. I have those. I've always wanted glasses, but I've got this twenty twenty vision. I've been cursed with. Okay, and then you wear the lumberjack t shirt, lumberjack shirt. Mm-hmm. Randy Kaplan would not allow me to wear a lumberjack shirt. I could tell you that much. Like a red lumberjack shirt, but you can't be a real lumberjack because then you're not a lefty. No, you Lumber- gotta be. You have to wear a lumberjack. <laughs> it's a fake, it's, it's a hipster look you're describing, really. It, Pretty Brooklyn. It, it's hundred percent hipster. It's the it's the lumberjack shirt on the body of someone who clearly doesn't is not. Right, a has never lifted a never piece lifted of lumber in their, life. in their life. Never been to a lumber yard. Yeah, if you if you're a real lumberjack, <laughs> never chopped down a tree. Exactly. And then they have that satchel, that side satchel. I can get behind the satchel. Like I don't have one. I got the backpack, but it's like the Pony Express look. Right? <laughs> they look like a messenger, but like like a messenger who went to college. So know? the only thing I can get out of that is the glasses. Okay, next resistance mom. Okay, now we're talking. So that's probably not either one of us, but maybe one of our. Well, Randy Kaplan could. It could be Randy. It's definitely not Yeah, yeah, but let's see. They I mean, got a self- it really can't be Randy Kaplan. I'm looking. I'm, I'm seeing no black on that, so no. It's all pink. It's yeah. a self-knit pussy hat. That's yeah. the first thing. Excuse my language. Uh, slated to be heirloom. I'm not sure what that means. A feminist T-shirt. You have to have a feminist T-shirt. Mm-hmm. It's like slogan on it. Yeah. And then the key to the whole look is you have a baby who's a, a woke baby. Yeah, no. Like with a woke uh, a shirt on or a onesie. My kids are very not woke. Your kids are not I woke. mean, Teddy was just ranting the other day. I was like, shh, because he kept being like, I don't know where he just goes. Hillary Clinton's a poop. Oh, no. And he's like, Donald Trump, yay. Hillary Clinton, boo. And I'm like, hey, you're still doing that, kid? First of all, are any kids woke? 
I like three old girls want to be princesses. I guess not all, right? Yeah. Well, my, not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Yeah. My daughter. Yeah. My daughter's like all wants to be a princess That's and is very into Barbie. My niece. She always she wanted everything pink her whole life. Everything. Yeah. Pink. Okay. <laughs> next up is a Trumpy YouTube star. All right. And that's, that's... <laughs> you have a MAGA hat. All right, no. It's like a hot blonde chick with a MAGA hat. Who sings that country music crap? They like sing those stupid songs. Oh, they vote, yeah, Woman for Trump t-shirt, uh, Women for Trump. You got uh, uh, cowboy boots. Hmm. That's probably not Randy. The cartoon character woman is kind of hot, though. So That's what I'm okay. saying. No, it's like the good-looking Trump supporter chick. All right. Which, by I the way- like We don't meet them in New York, so I don't know who these people are. I was going to say, contrary to what all New Yorkers believe, they do exist. I'm sure they exist. I tour the United States doing comedy. They exist everywhere. Okay. 53% women vote for Trump. Next. White, white women. <laughs> oh, white women, you're yes. right. Next up, what do we got? Techie free speech, bro. That's me. I love That's free speech. That's actually us. That's us, I think. What do we got? What, what makes it? Okay, despect, de- deceptively expensive unbranded hoodie. That's me. That is that my life. <laughs> I've got these like $250 hoodies Randy's picked out at Bloomingdale's, and they look like oh they came God. out of like the Gap. But Actually, mine are all from like Uniqlo, but, oh, they you- do, but I do have a hoodie. I yeah. think the hoodie's the main part. Um, and then you have one of the, like a back sort of side, not a satchel, but more of like a briefcase, mm. somewhere between a briefcase and a satchel, which I do have as well. All right. An you... Apple watch. I don't have that. I don't want to do that. No. Notifications on, um, Elon Musk. Notifications for Elon Musk. But we do, we, we do, we get notifications from Ikram about that's all sorts Elon of, that's, Musk. we, yeah, we're like ahead of them. That's the alt metals Elon Musk. <laughs> Ikram, Magdon, Ismail. And then an electro, electric scooter, which I do not have, but I did have in China. No, yeah, so, I don't. I, I think that if I, I think we're the techie. Free I would take a little bit of the techie. Yeah, I would take a little bit of the first guy, the the dirt bag. Oh yeah, I think it would be good for the all middle if we want to get attention. If we go with the pussy hat, <laughs> I think if one of us starts wearing that, maybe get. I don't think guys should wear that. That's why. Well, no, oh, well, it's no, the most feminist no... thing you can do. You're right. Why can't a man wear a pussy hat? That's no, all middle. I, I don't want. I don't who want... are the people who like pussy? Male feminists. <laughs> I do not stand for. That's the biggest rapist of all time. <laughs> you were on top of that trend. I was. That's the, the alt middle. We are the people who predict. Only a few people saw the downturn in the economy coming. No, nobody on right or left saw it. it. Was a but a few people saw it. You were the one who saw the whole Me Too movement with the rape with the rapist feminists coming. I did the rapist years feminists. Ago. I called it two years ago. I'm the Nate. Silver of calling rapist <laughs> yeah, feminist. Rubini, they say. But anyway. Exactly. All, All right. right. So we'll, we'll debut a new look soon. And Ents is an app. Ents is an app. It's a, it's a really good app now because there's a new update to Ents. There is. Where now you can buy, pay. They just shook me down. I paid two twenty five to get an Ents feature. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Slow down. We have a lot of new listeners today. Let's oh. explain what Ents is. Oh, yes. Ents is up to five minute audio recordings. It's like Twitter, but for voice. But also, pretty soon, you're going to be able to start groups. So if I want to send Cap a message, mm-hmm. but I don't want to type, I just open it, click play. I go, hey, Cap, we're going to meet for dinner at 730 yeah. at, at this restaurant. Come meet us. Bring uh, your family, whatever. And then we meet. And then he gets back to me. Cool, we're on it. So you don't have to sit there and type with your thumbs. Right. I always mess up the letters. And you could also share with every the whole community. It's like Twitter. You just well, then what your you thoughts, do, your it your connects poems, to Twitter. Your, yeah. So you can say something, hit one button, and it'll tweet out your voice message. Yeah. It's up to five minutes. You can also, people are recording songs, people are playing, uh, doing comedy bits, but you can just use it as a way to communicate with your friends. They're going to have groups now. You can start a small group with all your friends. It's great. E N S E dot N Y C. Get it in the App Store. And you can follow us at Lost in America. Yes. Apple, Android. It's out there everywhere. Everywhere apps are found, right? Everywhere apps are found. And also on every episode of this podcast, we do a five minute overtime where we do an extra question with one of our guests that's only for ends. Yes. So follow us. Check it out. All right. Should we, should, get we to- should we should we see if Gary's gonna? Should we call him up? See if he's really gonna answer. 
I think we should call Gary Johnson and see if we can get our hey. first future senator on the Lost America podcast. A pod podcast. exclusive. Governor Johnson, are you there? Yes. This is Michael. How are you doing? Welcome to the Lost in America podcast. <laughs> well, good. We are lost in America. We are 100. So. That's why we wanted to have you that's on. <laughs> we are 100% lost in America. We've been lost for a while. Where are you at the moment? Uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. So we don't know how much time we have, so I want to start. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm Turner Sparks. We have uh, Michael Ira Kaplan with me. We're in New York City. But I tour a lot in New Mexico. I was just in southeast New Mexico. I was in Hobbs, New Mexico, Carlsbad, New Mexico. I was in Alto Lakes, Ridoso area, doing stand-up comedy shows. I have family in Carlsbad. The uh, fracking industry has blown up recently in southeast New Mexico, as I'm sure you're aware. Right. Yes. Okay. So what, what's your uh, feeling on it what's your, in terms of the regulations? Uh, how, where do you stand on all of it? Well, nobody's pointed out that um, the, the number one polluter in the world is coal. And no one has pointed out, really, that coal, marginal coal, has been bankrupted. Coal is in the process of getting bankrupted. There's no coming back. And it has nothing to do, zero to do, with air quality standards or any sort of rules or regulations. It has everything to do with natural gas being cheaper than coal, and the reason that natural gas is cheaper than coal is fracking. So right now, all of the coal plants that are currently in operation in the United States are going to be in operation until they wear out. And when they wear out, they're not going to be replaced with new coal-fired plants because natural gas is so much cheaper. So when you look at uh, the renewable grid potentially being at 50% in 2040 or 2050, that's very exciting. But it's slated to be about 50% of the grid. The other 50% is going to come from natural gas. And the reason we've got it so plentifully is fracking. So it's good. So we're pro-fracking here. <laughs> Anti-coal pro-fracking. It's pro-fracking. Yeah, pro-fracking. a family in Carlsbad, New Mexico, the Sparks families. Both of my parents are from there. And I can tell you, everyone in the town's making money. My uncle's making money. All, the, all their friends are making money. So it's good for them. I know that for didn't sure. You, didn't you say that there's like they're not even high, like Arby's or restaurants or fast food places are offering like crazy amount of money to get people not to be fracking, to be working there? And yeah, the wages everywhere are going up. It's hotels are like $300 a night to stay there, which is good for all the people who live there because they get to, I mean, everyone's, everyone's doing well. I have a, a follow-up question with that. So my uncle was telling me that all the fracking happened from what he could see right after the 2016 election got decided. Is that the case or was it going on before and it just, did it just get bigger after or what's the correlation? There? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It, it's been, it's been happening for, uh, gosh, uh, I'm going to say, well, going a lot, a lot earlier than that. I mean, Pennsylvania, that was all about fracking. Oh, I guess I'm and, in the New Mexico so, area. 
Yeah, New Mexico fracking, right. And and the Delaware Basin, Permian Basin, yes. The, the getting going fracking in New Mexico is recent. And is there is that is that correlated to the election in 2016 or is it coincidence? I probably not coincidence as much as just uh you know, I'm not familiar with the origins, but I just have to believe that uh that there's the was uh, and was the observation that holy cow here's how fracking is working what would happen if we'd uh, stimulate our fields with fracking and uh, that the timing of it didn't didn't have anything to do with the election okay and and if where I was going to say is if fracking continues to explode do we not have to deal with Saudi Arabia anymore exactly is that and the Middle East in general is that a, is there a correlation well, well, yes, there is, and you're correct. And uh, prior to uh, fracking, you know, Saudi Arabia oil was not ever really traded in the United States. Uh, there was a percentage, but it had to do more with uh, trade-off and refinery capability. Uh, but essentially, we've cut the ties with Saudi Arabia for a long time. Have oh, so our government's not dealing directly with Saudi Arabia as much as we were led to believe. Is that true? Well, from a you and I consuming uh, oil and gas products, no, we we have not been consuming uh, oil and gas products from Saudi Arabia. Now that's not completely true because of back to refining and the crude that comes out of uh, Saudi Arabia is of a higher grade, but it also has to do with. Uh, I, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, and I can't, I, it's complicated to where I can't uh, even uh, uh, describe it other than it, it's, it's been less than a 10% phenomenon for a long time. So our relationship with them is more strategic at this point yeah. with the location of, in the Middle East. Uh, well, uh, I, strategic, yes. Yes, that they are aligned with us. Of course, this whole Khashoggi thing is a whole uh, eye-opener. But nonetheless, you know, $100 billion worth of weapons purchased and that uh, Saudi Arabia now is being uh, pitted against uh, uh, Iran. Um, they've, they've become our uh, cross-bearer, if you will. Sure. And, okay, so switching to civil liberties, which is kind of what you're known for, We've gone through, it, in general, it makes sense, but what would be the details of what you would do when becoming a senator? Yeah, which civil liberties would you focus on as, as far as what you could do as a senator? Well, I, I, I would hope that I would become a focal point for uh, advancing civil liberties. So a lot of groups out there that have their own uh, legislation that goes along with civil liberties, but... Certainly uh, in the area of drug reform and criminal justice reform, gosh, you've served your sentence. Uh, you've been law-abiding since you've served your sentence, but you're a convicted felon. How about a process for, uh, for pardoning convicted felons? And something that I have pledged is uh, to, uh, uh, to try and pardon those individuals convicted of marijuana crimes. There and there are probably there are probably 10 million plus Americans who are convicted uh, felons of marijuana crimes. 
Yeah, it's and one, one of the untold stories of the prohibition of uh, alcohol was, was were the pardons that took place after prohibition was repealed. There needs to be that same process uh, right now. Another civil liberties issue with regarding uh, marijuana is drug testing, which does not test for impairment. It simply tests for the presence of THC, which can exist six weeks uh, after you've consumed uh, marijuana. So terribly unfair to thousands of people who have lost, uh, I mean, thousands of people that are losing their jobs tens of thousands of people who have lost their jobs because of drug testing. Government needs to establish uh, uh, impairments. Drug testing right now does not test for impairment under the influence of marijuana. Yeah, I can, on that note, I, can, I used to live in China. I was there for 12 years running a business. And I have friends who are still there now, uh, foreign citizens, expats living there. And they've gone around recently in the city I was living in doing drug test, randomly drug testing foreigners and then kicking them out of the country if they have drugs in them, which is fine. It's their country. But one of the ways they do it is hair testing. So I'm telling everyone now who's going that you can't, even if you're in a state that has legal marijuana, you can't smoke with four to six weeks before you go because you get put in jail for two weeks and then kicked out of the country or for five sh- years. Or shave your head before or you sh- go. Or shave your head before you go if that works. We don't know. But uh, Oh my gosh. Well, well that's well, and, and Trump is, is a constant erosion of civil liberties. Uh, uh, t- turn the page. And, uh, well, talking about the immigration uh, threat currently, I say threat, uh, uh, the political kabuki uh, around this, uh, the immigration migration to the border. And, um, gosh, what did he just uh, comment on um, I haven't checked Twitter in the past 30 minutes so I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> there's something new every day the caravan or something yeah well you're right and well and uh, that now it's going to be if uh, if they start throwing rocks we're going to shoot back oh, oh right. I did see yeah. that so he's going to create like almost like concentration camp cities or something I think he, he said just, a rock is yeah. a version of a grenade or something yeah. so, something what about um, legalized gambling yeah, now, now we're talking about an issue close to my heart. Kaplan's so. a big gambler. so he's <laughs> How do we get that federally legalized? <laughs> and where we are, New Jersey's very close, and they've legalized it recently. <laughs> huh? Yeah, but not in New York. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, well, one of the problems with legalized anything like gambling, which, is, which ends up being very restricted, is as opposed to legalizing it and allowing you and I to actually go in and get a gambling license, they make it incredibly restrictive to where it's the best example of crony capitalism that I can possibly think of. A gambling license. You're not going to be able to get one, but somebody is, and why are they going to be able to get it? Because they paid a whole lot of money, and they've become, in the case of gambling or in the case of marijuana licenses right now, uh, you got to be very politically connected, and the fees uh, exclude 99% of the population because they can't uh, even afford uh, to, to put in a bid on, in, in this case, gambling or marijuana. They're very similar. Best examples of crony capitalism. Try and get in the gambling business in Nevada. You can't do it. 
So how did they do it? And um, do you, are you familiar with how they did it in New Jersey? It's probably crony capitalism. It's probably just a big. Oh, yeah, very. You know, hey, they, they passed it. They said we're going to have legalized gambling. Well, now comes the devil's in the details. Well, the, the government uh, charged with uh, ad- administering legalized gambling, they come up with all sorts of requirements for you to, to get a license. And it starts with a very hefty fee. And that isn't to say all the under-the-table fees that get paid so that your proposal might get more seriously considered. It's just a rife uh, with uh, corruption uh, and uh, above-board uh, contribution. So then would you not touch that? That's not an issue you go after at, at the moment? Well, sure, you'd, you'd go after. Uh, I'd go after the marijuana licenses. I, I would go after or give uh, give voice to just how um, uh, uncompetitive, if you will, our economies are uh, because of crony capitalism, because of businesses that pay for special consideration. And believe me, it's alive and well, and it should be one of those issues that. Uh, everyone um, takes a look at and then and then understands it and then can identify just how crony capitalism affects every aspect of our lives. The, the, the control, the oversight, the rules, the regulations that affect every single business that we come in contact with. Why shouldn't it be just as easy as possible uh, to get into any business you want to get into, you're going to be liable uh, for uh, any sort of uh, egregious behavior on your part, but government enters into it and uh, uh, they, you know, from a health and safety standpoint, they make it impossible for you or I to get into the business that we might like to give it a, sh- give it a shot. But we can't even give it a shot because it's way too much money uh, to, to, to take that kind of risk. And when you were governor of New Mexico, what steps, what did you do to open that up for business, pro-business? Well, that, uh, there was a definite um, uh, reduction in rules and regulations. And uh, if, if there was w- one of the lessons, one of my takeaways from having been governor was just how naive I was to all this, uh, being in the car business, holy cow, uh, having a dealership, uh, the, uh, the liquor business in New Mexico. These are very, very protected uh, entities where the owners have paid politicians to make it just as restrictive as it possibly can be because I've got it and you're not going to be able to get it. And this is an issue very close to Turner's heart here because I don't know we uh, he oh. used to run Mr. Softy ice cream trucks in China. That's why he was there. Yeah. And the government there actually literally took his permits away and runs the business for him now. So yes, there is- will be an article in New York Magazine coming out tomorrow as we talk, but um, it'll be once the podcast comes out, it'll already be out. And about I, yeah, I had the Mr. Softy ice cream truck business for twelve years in China, and actually it's both sides of these coins that you're talking about because when I started in two thousand seven. 2006, China was very pro-business, and they actually gave me, for free, they gave me a person in the government who helped to uh, help me set up, like an agent for free, who helped me set up my business. 
And then by the time we closed 10 years later, it was the government had really flipped in China <laughs> and they had they took away my permits, copied my business. And now their relatives run the business. Right, but we're really not that much different is basically what he said, because we have like you have to have licenses to do physical therapy and yoga and all, hairstylists, all sorts of things in this country. Right. So and marijuana. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. And and you got to pay for those licenses and you have to take continuing education. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And if, uh, you know, the higher up the food chain, marijuana business, the gambling business, I mean, gambling business is a license to steal and uh, marijuana license uh, retail uh, um, recreational. I think uh, that's in the same category. Yeah, and then we were you were just mentioning that you were the governor, um, and our listeners might not know you were a Republican governor, and now you're running as a libertarian. Why did you make the switch out of the party? Well, uh, I believe that uh, Republicans are. It used to be that uh, Republicans were fiscally conservative uh, at their core, and uh, they're anything but that uh, today. Uh, hey. The reduction in taxes, terrific. Uh, reduction in uh, rules and regulations, uh, terrific. But where's the spending regulation to go along with that? And then uh, be- the belief in free markets, that free markets are just that. They're free markets. So that doesn't mean tariffs. Uh, that doesn't mean subsidies. And Republicans uh, with Trump uh, have embraced uh, both. And uh, both parties seem to... Uh, have embraced spending to the point that um, we are nearing implosion of our um, of our country. Do you guys have you guys put the math to the fact that in six years it is? I, I would give you even money that in six years one trillion dollars of our tax money will be spent for interest only on the debt. And that is uh, that's that's the catastrophe that uh, borrowing and spending. That's the catastrophe of our of our uh, deficit uh, and our debt. And that goes to China. That goes to whomever is the bondholder. But in this case, uh, China, I believe, has about six percent, maybe, of that money. The rest of it is. You and I and our parents and our friends and our family and our coworkers that own U.S. treasuries in, in just about any sort of uh, IRA or savings account that exists. I like that he phrased that as even money. I'm, as a gambler, I'm not going to take that bet. You've got to give me better odds than that. <laughs> You're speaking but, Kaplan's yeah. language with the even money. But what's, uh, so <laughs> what do you think about, the, as we're talking about China, the trade war that's happening? I see it from the, the Chinese side. I can see that they are getting affected. Um, the Chinese population, the Chinese government seems to be getting hit pretty hard with this. But then also people in the U.S. are getting hit. What do you think with the, the trade war with Trump and China and all that? Where do you stand on all that? Well, I, I'm for free trade. And if China now now this is different than the intellectual property. All right. That's a whole nother discussion. Sure. But with regard to free trade, I say free trade. Let's use steel as an example. The Chinese government is subsidizing the steel that they're selling to the United States. Who benefits from that? We do. We do from cheap steel. So there are tens of thousands of jobs created 
for steel fabricators because steel is so cheap. And now we're not producing one pound more of steel in this country, but steel prices have gone up 30% because of just the talk uh, of, uh, of imposing uh, tariffs uh, on China. So out goes the tens of thousands of jobs, incomes, zero jobs to this point, producing more steel. Uh, there's a great example of much to do about nothing. It feels like a lose-lose. Lose. A lose-lose. Thank you. It, it's, it is a big deal about it's not nothing. It's a big deal and it's government uh, trying to manipulate the economy as opposed to genuine free market supply and demand. It's the government creating a problem and then saying this is the solution to the problem that we've created, right? It's just, it's just- well, it's po- po- pointing out the obvious. Uh, Trump applies tariffs to all Chinese products. China says, hey, take your soybeans and shove them. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Uh, Trump then is uh, subsidizing, talking about subsidies for U.S. Uh, soybean producers. So what did you learn in, two th- in the 2016 race, which was uh, just completely insane? Uh, say, which was two years ago. Yeah, which was two years ago. And also insane. But what did you learn that, you're, that, you've, that have informed how you're running, you're running this time? Well, maybe, uh, maybe I didn't learn anything from the lesson. And the lesson was, was that... Uh, as uh, dissatisfied as voters are, uh, they still vote. Up, they still line up as Democrats and Republicans. I'm going to argue that that's the definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But um, that was my takeaway from 2016. Why didn't more people vote for a very credible alternative that? Even even if the alternative turned up short, that that might have been an indictment on the two party system. Um, apparently, uh, we'll see. But apparently, it still remains two parties, and uh, I don't see much difference between either of those parties. Much to do about nothing. I agree with you, and we should tell you that this is the podcast of the alt middle. We're trying to start the alt middle party, which is. We don't we don't agree with either side, but we also there are certain things you agree with. But we, we vote based off of issues as opposed to pick this side or pick that side. And um, we're a fan of yours. So what would the people are? A lot of our listeners are in southeast New Mexico. Why should those people come out? And a lot of them are independents. A lot of independents as well. Business, small business owners. My uncle, Uncle Keith, has Sparks Office Supply <laughs> right on Canal Street, right in the middle of Carlsbad, New Mexico. Why should a small business owner come out and vote for you? Well, first of all, I was governor for eight years, and so there's a history there, and I think the history is positive. I mean, really positive. Uh, as a U.S. senator, I could uh, conceivably be the swing vote in the U.S. Senate, which would be really huge yank uh, for New Mexico. And I'm pledging uh, to make the budget my number one issue. I'm pledging that uh, my number one issue is the debt and the deficit. Uh, I'm pledging if I'm a U.S. senator, I'll have uh, an open door after four policy in Washington, D.C. for waste, fraud, and abuse. I'm pledging, and based on having been governor for eight years, I hope nobody disbelieves what I'm saying, but I would be the budget hawk in Washington, D.C. 
couple that with uh, civil liberties hawk, uh, and uh, that's a unique bird that doesn't exist in uh, in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, it'd be great. The swing votes usually to have someone who's not like going to demand more pork barrel spending for their constituents or whatever, who's like actually looking out for the bottom line and what's best for the New Mexico and for the, the country. Yeah. Would be a great flip. Um, can I ask you well, one that, more question and then we'll let you go? Of course. <laughs> this is of course. My uncle Keith in, in Carlson, New Mexico was a big triathlon runner around the state of New Mexico. And he's actually ran in races with you. I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh huh. And he did tell me that one time he beat you out of the water on a triathlon. <laughs> he said he was in second, you uh-huh. first, but then you took him on the bike. He said he said you smoked him on the bike. <laughs> but he had I had this one question. He was saying that he was telling me that at one point you ran you rode a bicycle around New Mexico to uh, picking up trash around different cities. You remember this? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did that 18, 18 years in a row. Oh. 18 years time. in a row. He didn't tell me that. <laughs> he, only- yeah. he also said that he remembers one time, very specifically, he was training for the Hawaiian, or no, you were training for the, the Hawaiian triathlon was coming up. I forget what it was called. Yeah. He wanted to. Yeah. Well, the Ironman, Ironman Hawaii the world Ironman championship Hawaii was the, the bicycle, uh, the, the bike ride around New Mexico, a clever way of training for the Ironman in Hawaii. Cause it seems genius to me. <laughs> Not that it wasn't also a great thing to pick up trash around New Mexico. <laughs> uh, well, it was, uh, it, you know what? Let me just make the, make, uh, make it a little broader. It was a way, it was a great way to really get in ultra shape. <laughs> we'll yeah. take that as a yes. Yeah. That's a good move. And, uh, <laughs> We should, we should, before you go, we should ask you, you had said uh, when you were running for president that you would not smoke in the White House, correct? That's what I said, yes. Now, senator doesn't seem like quite as much work, so would you take the same pledge with senator? Or having... I feel like senator should slide. <laughs> right. No, I, I think senator is fine. <laughs> That's what we wanted to hear. Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. And uh, All right. Hey. On Tuesday. So, so, so let, let me tell you what I completed this last year for the second year in a row. Please do. I did the, I did the Continental Divide mountain bike race for the second year in a row. You familiar with that? No. That, do you know where the Continental is? 2,800 miles, Banff, Canada to Antelope Wells, New Mexico on the Continental Divide, self-supported and a race how did it in 20 2800 miles i mean how long did it take you to complete that uh 28 days this year uh 35 the year before so i knocked a week off of it and the senate race is kind of a mixed bag because um i did buy my new bike for next year believing i can knock another five days off uh that's if i'm not elected to the u.s senate well, hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, your competitors, how many days would it take them to, to, to complete this? <laughs> Maybe send them out right now. No. Yeah. New Mexico, get out and vote for the most in-shape senator. Yeah. I think oh, you'd be the most in-shape member of Congress. I, I, we could say that, right? I would say 100%. Without, I would have to say that. I would have to say it. How many miles yeah. could Donald Trump ride on a bike? Just, <laughs> or like, could he even walk? <laughs> right. Depends on how oh, many right. are, yeah. are on the way. Yeah. So, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Inspiration, y'all. All right. Thank you so much. Best of luck. All right. Take it easy. Bye. All right. We're back. Thank you to Gary Johnson. Thank you, Senator Johnson. 
Future senator. Future senator. It's done. Of New Mexico. The LIA bump is official. Get out and vote, New Mexico. Yeah. We have Andrea Jones-Roy joining us now. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi. Welcome back to the Power show. action-packed hour we got here. This it, makes me wish I was running for Senate so we could talk about that. I mean, it's not too late, I don't That's think. That's true. I can think you so, throw your hat in? State where is, I can figure this is out. Is there a deadline? First question. We don't know a lot about these things. Is, yeah. like, can, is it too late for me to get in? Can, you want to be my running mate? Is that how we're doing yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Sure. The alt-middle party. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah, run against middle. you. Yeah, I was yeah gonna... fair. All right. Run against me? God damn it. <laughs> but so yeah. you wait, you have a show going on. I do. That's been going on called Cramming for the Midterms. Correct. It's a live show in New York City. What do you do with your show? It's a sort of, uh, oh God, I should do a better job talking about this. It's a, So it's a live show about political science. It's two halves. First half, I give like a 30-minute kind of like jazzed up undergrad lecture slash TED Talk slash one-man show about some topic related to the midterms and the science behind it. Then in the second half, I bring on expert guests. Sometimes they're political scientists. Sometimes they're candidates running for office. Sometimes they're people who work for advocacy groups, all kinds of shit like that. Next time we got to get the yeah. leader of the all middle. Well, how can, yeah, how, I was going to say, how can we were at least one of us put on there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, as a leader of the all middle, only now occurring to me that I, I should have been on there yeah. for a different well, perspective. Had, Kaplan's high profile. He got um, they sent I a bomb bombs. Yeah, I mean, to his office really? to take down the all middle. Yeah, did yeah. you watch CNN? Oh right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Of course, so, that was straight right. for Kaplan. Well, we're doing a, a re up next year of new shows, so I'll bring it on the uh, alt middle. There yes. we go. By then, we'll build. That's the goal for the party. We're going to build a movement big enough to get on the show. All right, great. So here's That's the thing. That's a terrible goal. <laughs> <laughs> Horrific. Well, I like to set expectations or, I know we can meet. Uh, or, or at least get another bomb sent to us. Yeah. One that works? No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrea, wait. So this is the thing. We don't want it. We want it. This, the elections are tomorrow. Yes. Voting happens tomorrow. They Correct. do the elections the same day as right. the vote, right? They, they seems like this lo- do, yes. They You've been in China do. for too long. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't know about, you don't know about elections. Voting. You vote once a year ahead of the actual election, and that's- Is uh, that early voting in China style? Is- Let's All right. start with polarization. <laughs> okay. Okay, it seems like, has it- Okay. Here's my question. Has it always been, have we always been like everyone's on one side or everyone's way on the other side? Has that always been a thing in America or is that brand new or does that not exist and that's just what we think because of CNN and Fox News? Right. So partly the last two things that you said. So basically things have gotten a little bit more polarized in that more people are all the way left or all the way right in Congress, so in the House and in the Senate, if you actually poll Americans on their opinions about things that we might consider polarizing topics like abortion and gun control and all these other things, Americans are actually relatively centrist and not much more divided than they ever were in the past. What's happening in the United States with our with citizens? So first of all, we have no idea why the House and Senate are more polarized, but they actually are. Like More Democrats are voting for the left stuff, more Republicans are voting for the right, but Americans in public opinion's we all tend to be in the middle. The difference is that back in the day, like in the 50s and 60s, we used to have some Democrats who were kind of conservative and some Republicans who were kind of liberal, and now we don't have any of that. So we still have some right. centrist people, but they're still divided left. You can't see my very illuminating yeah, hand yeah, gestures I'm following on the your podcast, hands, but it's very clear <laughs> with my hands what's going on. Does that make sense? Like, we, Yeah, I mean, yeah. is that what yeah, the moderate blue, Republican Blue dog is Democrats. Blue, yeah, exactly. Doesn't that mean like you're a Democrat, but you're still racist? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No more racist Democrats. It's, it's uh, yeah. tearing the country apart. I'm it, sure they're still out there. They're out there. The term is party sort. For those uh, party looking sorting. it up at home, party sorting, and that means what? That's the idea that we no longer have any liberal Republicans or conservative Democrats. Like the parties have, liberals and conservatives have sorted into parties, 
Whereas in the past, there used to be kind of a mix in the middle, where yeah, indeed mean, some Democrats were racist and some conservatives <laughs> were, were pro gun control. Yeah, no, in the 90s, even as early, you know, I remember yeah. there was in the Northeast, there was a bunch of Republican governors, yeah, yeah. which seems crazy now. It seems impossible. Yeah. And they were all pro choice, for yeah. instance, and not. Well, super weirdly, but- in the in the 50s and 60s, when people started thinking about polarization and division, political scientists were actually concerned that America wasn't divided enough. They were like, what's the point of two parties? They all stand for the same goddamn thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. All middle I still think yeah. that. Well, there's people... <laughs> well, that's fair. There yeah. are people who, like, Green Party people who, like, think that now. And that's yeah. why they don't... They didn't think, like, Hillary and Trump are... No, I legitimately well, think yeah. that now. Hillary and uh, Trump hang out all the time. Or at least they used to. They yeah. used to. I, I, they go to, like, events together. While they were running against each other, they're at the same party, like, yucking yeah. it up, roasting each other. Well, remember, even in, like... I want to say, like, Obama's first election, we used to all talk about how someone was, like... A, what was it? A, a conservative... Econo- like liberally conservative, no, economic socially I'm, liberal. There it is. Thank you. Economically we don't talk about conservative. Yeah, and everyone's oh, like Ga- Gary Johnson. That's is. Gary Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's libertarians. Yeah. yeah. So those people now have had to find a different party. Yeah. Is that part of it that anyone who doesn't fit in has to go elsewhere? That's a good question, and you you could imagine that being the case with like Tea Party and some of the Bernie guys who didn't vote for Hillary and that sort of I mean, thing. Seems, I don't actually know. I'm not an expert, but it seems to me that that. That movement that we're you know we're supporting there yeah. is like the least popular thing. Like I feel like people, the Bernie people and the Trump people are all uh, they're not conservative so, uh, on economics. They're both they're just populists. Yeah, and yeah. Just, the, the difference is on culture war issues. Like some are socially conservative, some are socially liberal. Yeah, I mean some but of it is no, that we're... there's nobody who. Kaplan, I don't think that's true. I think in California, I'm, I mean California is where I'm from, so I'm judging it off of that. Yeah, but there are a ton of people who are old school Republicans who are also socially very liberal right, right. and couldn't figure but, out what to do in the last election. Basically, right. every lawyer... It just doesn't seem like there's enough uh, of them. Every to, rich they don't person care. You know who's like every, like, white collar... Yeah, uh, maybe white a lot collar of them don't care as much. Maybe a lot of that is people, they're not as involved. You know, like, that might be the issue. I, I don't know. Like, it seems like the people who are involved, the most passionate people... Right. Uh, yeah, so, those, yeah. I, wait, when you say involved, do you mean the people on Twitter? I mean the people on Twitter, they mean who vote in primaries... With the people who donate money, so, go to fundraisers. Yeah, so to go back to Turner's original point is that are we more polarized because it feels more polarized? Part yeah. of that is true yeah, because feel- the more extreme people are louder and the more we have social media and anything on Yeah, the I can only go off what I know on Twitter. Kind of I don't actually yeah. know what's going on in America. Yeah, so those guys, those voices are louder, but it's still the case that if you actually do like public opinion polls, people are not that extreme. But we're hearing the loud people more yeah. and the loud people tend to be extreme. But I think sure. you, can tie that to, uh, I, you can tie that to comedy. So when I go around doing stand-up, there's all these people on Twitter. Not They're not attacking me specifically because I don't say anything Turn political. Turn very divisive on Twitter. You gotta get, yeah. get, <laughs> the, get the bots to there. come after you. But uh, t- comedians are going around doing stand-up, and there's people, if you just judge it off of Twitter, everyone hates com- comedians. Right. Everyone thinks that this is wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But in a live comedy club, I don't think this idea of heckling or walking out right. has gone up at all. No. People ask me all the time, they're like, oh, it must be so hard to do stand-up now because of the environment. I'm like, it's really, I think it's the same. I do it, too. When you're yeah. actually in a club in Texas, in New Mexico, in California, in New York, it's, no one really cares. Yeah. It's just people who want to have their platform on Twitter. Right, the people who are Offended or on Twitter or in, and they want to be offended to get attention for themselves and all right. that kind of stuff. The, right. Yeah. Right. And so, so social probably, media mob doesn't translate to real mobs. Is what you're saying exactly. Yeah. I think that probably ties to politics as well. I would assume. I hope yeah, right. and I think and I think Kavlin, I think you're right that these are the same people who might vote in primaries, but I think in general elections, you've still got 
more centrist people. Right. But I think that's why so, one of the reasons why it seems like the, the candidates can be so extreme because the, the primaries are what matter. So you see very liberal people upsetting more, you know, and, and vice versa. The Tea Party. Yeah. I mean, but, and any third party, right? We're actually yeah. hearing from them more, whereas we used to hear less from them because we didn't have social media. So and by the these... way, no one knows how to think about social media and political science. We're all just like, this is a mess. Like, we, we don't know. I don't Trump think it knew how to think about it. Well, That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> he figured it out. I, I don't think it matters. I really don't think, okay. like, Twitter, for example, obviously it matters for Trump. Yeah, he right? won the election pretty much with but Twitter. But everyone else, the amount of... Is, has anyone studied, like, the amount of Twitter followers a candidate has oh, versus how many peop- how many votes they get? That would be a very good and easy study, and not that I know of. It be- might have. I can tell you with stand-up, it, I'm, again, I'm, that's together. the only yeah. thing I know. I'm fine so, with this analogy. Relating yeah. it to stand-up, it does nothing. Yeah. I know I know people who have 100,000 Twitter followers that I've done shows with, and they'll tweet, come out to this show, and two people show up. Right. And so I really don't think social media connects to real life as much as people think it do. Yeah. But could it be that our Senate is so polarized because they're putting too much weight onto social media reactions? And like basically people used to have to write you a letter or call your office to complain. Yeah. And I they, they always said, right. when you are in high school, remember they used to say, like, call your senator. It really does make a difference. They still say that. And it does because they overreact <laughs> yeah. to the squeaky wheel. Yeah. But now you don't even have to call. You can just tweet. Yeah. And they probably have some idiot intern being like, oh, all these people don't like what you're doing. Change what you do. I'd be curious to know, and I don't know the answer to this, I'm afraid, how responsive any senator is to any of that shit. I mean, I don't think that they're reading it on a day-to-day basis. They're probably getting summaries every month that are like, your constituents think this or think that but if the if america is sent is centrist but then these uh politicians are polarized yeah i would there might be they might be overreacting to because obviously voices again yeah the loud voices like social media is not centrist yeah right yeah so a really interesting study someone a bunch of political scientists wrote a piece in the new york times about a week ago that was basically like members of Congress don't actually know what their constituents want. And they did a study where they pulled members of Congress and their staff and compared that to public opinion polls. And Congress, the members of Congress and their staffers were just totally wrong. It was like, what percentage of your constituents want some sort of gun control? And, and these guys just typically overestimated or underestimated the numbers based on their home district. So people might just be thinking that. So that, and that could be, I don't know that they figured out why that's the case. So it's a mess. It's a huge mess. Yeah. Yeah. But it does seem like uh, it, maybe the people are more centrist, but they're just they've tribally just joined party. Like, you know, like when we were kids, like Reagan won like 49 states. Yeah. yeah. It's impossible to imagine either imagine. Ca- yeah. a party from a from either party winning 40, winning more than like there's like a few swing states. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. And that, no, I just had that? an like, argument with someone the other day about whether or not Hillary Clinton was a centrist candidate. And I sort of feel like she was. I would say she to, is. Yeah. But again, because of this party sorting, you can only you can be a tiny bit left of center and seem totally liberal on everything because all these issues, abortion, gun control, size of government, taxes all get folded into one dimension. I think she wanted to be a centrist, but I think the Bernie situation made her run way to the left. Yeah, yeah. So what about the idea of having four parties, four major parties? It seems like. Bernie and Hillary are two different parties. Right. Both and Trump and other Republicans are two different right. parties. Exactly. Totally. Right? And so right. shouldn't there just, like, John But I just think the Trump yeah. party, if we split the four parties, I think the Trump party and the Bernie party would be the winners. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. You never know. <laughs> like, I mean, first de- of all, you would definitely call the Trump party. It would be called the Trump party. It would. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh, he yeah. would put a name on it. <laughs> yeah. he, would, he would love that. Yeah. I mean, the there's Trump's, a lot of like, talk. Le- like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, like running in New York, like she's seen, like Democratic AOC. Socialist is like sort of the new term for more left Democrats. Yeah, you know? have your own party. Yeah, 
There's like some mathematical principles oh, that show that in the U.S., based on the way that we vote, a t- you can only really have a two-party system mm. because we only get to cast one vote, and the way it divides into districts, like third-party candidates. Are not if Gary yeah. Johnson has a yeah. I mean, either. except for in New Mexico, <laughs> so uh, what it's they, mathematically Wait, possible. why? Why can we only have two? Uh, I'm fuzzy on the details, but basically, it's some theorem that it's it's given that we can only vote for one person and given that a third party candidate would either split the vote or spoil the vote for everybody else, it's just going to naturally sort think of like Ralph Nader in 2000, right? Who fucked it all up for, uh, for Gore. Right. Like that third party people. Can I argue against that? Go for it. He only, here's what I, cause uh, I was very close to voting third party in 2016 and everyone on both sides will tell you that if you vote third party, you're voting for the other candidate. Yeah. So that if, like, if it was a Republican, they would tell me yeah. a third party votes to vote for Hillary. But a Democrat would say a third party votes to vote for Trump. Yep. But they can't both be right. So what if I wasn't going to vote? Like, right. Well, they're making assum- yeah, assuming means- that you are, a lib- if you vote for Nader, you're a liberal person. Yeah. You're but, making that assumption. But, but yeah. why would they assume that? I bas- basically, you could say if you're voting for a third party, you or might as well not vote is, right. is another way to think or of it. Or if you're voting for Gary Johnson, they, they both it's- assumed you were part of the other side. Yeah. But why? Yeah. When did I say I was part of the other side? Why can't I be a third side? You can be, but it's it, given that the contest is meaningfully going to be between those two, you're not voting for the one who's viable, who would actually win. And so that's the equivalent of adding a vote to the opposite side. But I, it can't be right. That no. That's well, the, the logic. That's the, I, I, if you weren't going to vote, uh, like that's your counter is like I'm not going to vote either, for these people. No, no, either no. way. Or so I'm voting for a third party. You're, no, you're, it's, it's not right both ways. It's whatever party, whatever candidate is closer to the third party person you vote for, you're voting for the other side. But I also think no one even asked me. People just assumed <laughs> I would have voted for their party because yeah. everyone's a narcissist. Yeah. And so the fact that you yeah, didn't. Yeah, the key to American politics is narcissism. We all know that. I think it is. So yeah. another way, the third party needs to get, like, it's like the third party needs to get big enough for it to make be uh, viable. Well, for, and this otherwise, is it's hard to talk anyway into ever voting for a third party because people for what talk you're saying, about, yeah. it does make sense. I mean. Well, people talk about this a lot when we talk about voting, which is sincere versus strategic voting. It sounds like what you were doing was sincere voting, which is voting, which is how you're supposed to vote, quote unquote, mm. more great hand gestures, which is sincere yeah. voting is I genuinely prefer this candidate. I'm going to vote for this candidate. Strategic voting is I prefer this candidate, but he has no fucking chance. So I'm going to vote for this other person so that I push the election towards whatever. Yeah. Or yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know, people talked about the vote for Trump as a strategic voting, just that it was a protest vote and they didn't actually want Trump to be in. Brexit is also falls into this category. It's speculative, but... This idea of strategic voting, which is that you're trying to game the system. I by can't believe vote. people wait in line to, to strategic <laughs> your, vote. Strategically vote? To strategically to str- vote. Yeah. We're going to get to that. But here's the next question, All right. which leads into it. Please. I'm voting absentee in California, okay. and I haven't sent it in yet. Am I already too late? Probably. Well, it's got to be postmarked, doesn't it? I think it just has to be postmarked by the date of the election. Yeah. Well, so absentee, they only go to absentee if it's super close. So, so your vote matters even less because you're yeah. not even on TV then. No, night. but it matters now. Well, it, it does matter even less. But at least I'm voting in like all the low, like school board. Yeah, which, sure. Who, what do How I know? You, it's just yeah. what's wrong with absentee ballots. You should be allowed to vote for president absentee. You know, but like you're running for school boards, you don't live there. This is a choice. Oh, yeah, what, what are you deciding yeah. the education of the kids? What yeah. I typically Colorado do Hills. is I go through, and if it's anyone's names I recognize, and I don't mean like politically, I mean like if it's my friend's mom, right? I vote oh. for them. Which half I the thought time you it meant is. like I know someone named Brad, and this guy's name is Brad. Yeah. You no, know, like the last name. I'll be like, oh, I knew uh, what I knew a kid, a Hatler yeah. in elementary school, a probably their cousin. I don't, Hatler's, Hatler's a little too close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not voting everybody Hatler. There's a lot of Hatlers. His name is Andrew Hatler. What? Yeah. 
So yeah. So who are your who? Do, who should people vote for? <laughs> who are your lead pipe locks? Who do you think? Or not? Who no, should they vote for? Who do? You, how do you think any, it's all going to shake? Wait, should out? we talk about any? Yeah, big picture. Like, is the is the house going to go? Yeah. So so this is all just me. You got the statistics. Spouting the five thirty eight stuff. Uh, okay. Which is basically the house is going to go Democrat, Senate's Bam. not going anywhere. You really think it is? Yeah. What is it now? Is it Democrat Republican already? It's Republican. It's Republican. Oh, oh yeah, that's I thought right. that was a much more Wait, complicated question than you were what asking. What is it now? She said it's going Democrat, which you means really it- think it's going Democrat? Yeah. I think Republicans are going to still win everything. You think so? Why? Because uh, the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. Yep. Turner's I think they really got oh, a lot of empirical yeah. research. I was, I was out. They are fired up, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. so. But Senate's going to stay Republican. That's what I know. Yeah, right? that's what the, the that's what Nate Silver saying, saying over there. Yeah. Oh, and Senate's going to stay Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently more. Gover- I know less about governor races, but apparently we have a ton of Democratic governors, and that's yeah. going to continue. Which doesn't matter. And like I told you, yeah. there's the big House of Representatives race in Pennsylvania. My mom's going to be on the winning side there. It's going Democrat. Yeah. But right. Senate, we don't got a race, so I can't help. In New York, is there anything close? Nothing close here. Not that I know of. What do you think of Diane Feinstein? Because I think she's maybe like 119 years old. Yeah. Uh, I saw this during the Kavanaugh hearing. It was her and some old, who was the Republican guy? That Grassley? Yeah, they were chairing it. Yeah. And there was this one point when they go to commercial or whatever. What do they do? They take a <laughs> halftime <laughs> halftime show. Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. Yeah, Lady Gaga performed they're, at the Kavanaugh. They realized they had, super they good. Have yeah. they go, she goes, We're gonna take a five minute recess, dink, and hits the gavel. Okay. And then they think the mics are off. And, uh-huh. the, and the Grassley guy goes, What? <laughs> what did you say? And she goes, what? <laughs> and they're sitting within inches wow, of each other. I missed and that. That's what it's like in Florida. What? And then someone goes, They're all a thousand recess. years old. And she goes, I said recess. And the guy goes, what? And she goes, what? And uh, then they cut. And neither one of them could hear. And in that moment, you could feel how old they both yeah. were. Mm. And I was like, these people got to go. Well, you're also like, if you couldn't understand that, what do you think just happened in the last hour of people speaking? Like, could you yeah. not hear that either? They, yeah. I, I, I don't think. I was talking about this with someone too. Like, all the candidates that people are batting around for 2020 for president are a million fucking years old too. And I don't know hey. what the fuck to do about that. It's it's just the same people for the last with four years. With age comes wisdom, clearly. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, Put Donald Trump when he was yeah. in his fifties could not have been president, but yeah. now, now he's in the greatest of, health there ever was. He went was. through the Apprentice. He learned a lot about business. <laughs> no, anybody? No. Oh. What about this know. Beto guy? He's gonna win. He got shot. I hope so. Because there's been a lot yeah. of I don't, the I, wait, bang for your buck has not been good. Well I don't spent. think he has a shot. I, I mean, don't think so. He I mean, the polling is like eight percent. Eight percent. It's down. all like four percent. So is it four? So, yeah, know. so one of the things that came out, I think it was today, was a bunch of stuff from his campaign that said they're in a statistical tie, which is to say that they're within the margin of error. Right. Depending on the poll, the margin of error can be anywhere from like 2% to 8%. But isn't the problem if you're so in a statistical tie in every poll, but you're behind in them all, you're yeah. probably not yeah. going to win. I mean, I think it's, it's like a. I mean, I mean obviously polls aren't can, a perfect predictor, as obviously, we know. Right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's also a strategy to get people to vote, right? Yes. You say we're close. Yeah. yeah. And so people are going to One of my out. favorite things. So like for, in New Mexico, it's close. Go vote for Gary Johnson, people. If yeah, it's yeah, even it's super close. close. He might yeah. be way ahead. <laughs> Don't get caught. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite things is when like a poll will come out. Each candidate will will announce it and talk about it, and they'll turn what are basic numbers into a story that sounds good or bad for the other party, and it's sort of magical where they're just like someone say that say the vote is like fifty five forty five. One side will be like it's basically a statistical tie, yeah, and the other side will be like we're crushing you, and it's the exact same poll. Exactly. Like, cool. So but nobody's better at that than Trump, though. 
Because he'll he'll tweet about his approval ratings being at an all time high when they're like yeah under like forty six. He just makes up numbers. At least well, these other candidates are using numbers that everyone agrees on. Right. He know? also like geniusly just started tweeting ratings. Yeah. Not even approval ratings. Like we got a forty share. <laughs> like he's like a TV network. <laughs> oh Jesus! Like the NBC ratings from yeah. his whatever. Speech. Well, he's also tweeting like about the stock market when like he's killed the stock market for weeks because of the tariffs and stuff, and then it goes up two days in a row. So when he, while it's going down, he tweets about how it's, it's because the Democrats people are nervous they're going to win power, <sighs> and then it goes up, and he's like the the, the stock market is up four hundred points today. The economy's yeah. great. So enough of Trump. Last question. What's going to happen with all this Beto money when he doesn't win? Can he just give it to the pot? It's been spent on uh, advertisements and everything. Oh, They're spending it. There is a whole thing because he, he raised a ton of like out of state money because everyone got all excited that he's like some. Right. That's, I've seen in New York City and Northern California vote for Beto signs. Yeah. It's like, I don't think we can. Yeah. I mean, no, I know people here who are like all worked up about that campaign. Sorry, what were you going to say? You, oh, just that. It varies by campaign, so I don't want to speak for what he's doing. But there's a I looked into campaign spending and what happens to campaign money after elections, and people just do whatever the fuck they want with them. Sometimes they just keep the office open and like empty for a long time and just randomly pay out people. So I don't know. Like oh, really? sometimes Give it gets folded into re-election stuff. Like it's actually a they very don't send the weird... money back to the people who donate. No one, it. yeah, never... it's not like a Kickstarter where like if you don't win or whatever, you that would don't be an amazing the... article. I know. To read about that. I know. That would just piss people off, though. They realize yeah. all their money. But basically, That's... there's just no oversight. Because it's not- Really? Yeah. It's weird. They should know. just throw a huge party. Yeah. A loss. We lost party. Uh, we like, lost party. Like chocolate fountains, like the tallest chocolate fountain there ever yes. was. Yeah. That says, we lost in big letters. So, all right, Andrea, um, but we're going to get to the news. Anything? I was just, is there any, like, are there any crazy races around the country that oh, we should yeah. be looking out for? Like any, like, real Ugh. lunatics? Like, Definitely a lot of lunatics running. There's like, speaking of third parties, there's all these bizarre, none of these people are going to win, but there's people on every state ballot running for a variety of offices, especially House, who are fucking insane. Like, there's a guy who changed his legal name to something like pro-life. I think he's in one of the Dakota, I can't remember. And then there's like an Elvis Presley somewhere in the South. Like, people just make up yeah. crazy names and run. So if I, you look I at these I, ballots, like, it's very weird. I saw this crazy decked out car in my neighborhood the other day, and it was like, and it was decorated with Larry Sharp, who's like the libertarian, I think, running for governor. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know if like he did that or just a big fan. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that the uh, far wings of Trump and Bernie have really brought out some lunatics. Yeah. Although uh, bump- the bumper sticker vote. The bumper who's, sticker who's, vote. Yeah. We, were ta- we, have, we have a theory that people who put too many bumper stickers on their car- They're are, all bombers or trauma They're going to bomb something soon. Oh, for sure. They should yeah. not be allowed to vote people with bumper stickers. Too many. They should not be it's allowed. Like a, if a felons can't vote, why should bumper is stickers? It a, is it an absolute <laughs> number or is it ratio of bumper stickers We discussed that. He I said put it at one, one and a half. Yeah. Okay, wow. It, over one and a half bumper stickers. How do you and get you're a half sh- bumper sticker? Yeah. What? No, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Two, it's like a, vote, it's a yeah. gambling. Like, if you have one, you're oh. fine. If you have two, you're going to shoot a Because if fel- oh, felons aren't allowed to vote, then pre felons. I was like, be- you put one on and think twice about it, so tear half of it off, and then you <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's complicated. Yeah. Exactly. There was some study that was like, people with more bumper stickers on their cars, regardless of what the stickers say, are more aggressive drivers. So whether it says, like, tolerance and peace, or like, Guns for coexist everyone. Or yeah, coexist it's like the coexist Ameri- and the NRA guys are equally aggressive asshole drivers. Agreed. Youth soccer yeah. stars for Trump, supporters for Trump. Yeah, yeah, are yeah. definitely. They're also yeah, all my over child is Twitter. a such and such honor student. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get to the news. Great. What do you have to uh, promote? What do you got coming up? Um. So 
I will have finished. I've already finished my cramming for the midterm show. So yes. sad. But um, I will be doing. I'll be revisiting some of them uh, over the course of 2019 because we're going to polish up a few and take them on the road and stuff. So those will become. So keep an eye out for more. It won't be called cramming for the cramming midterms. Cramming for 2020. It'll be called something like either bracing for 2020 or why our politics are fucked. One of those two. So Great. will that. you be making piggybacking what you said earlier? We'll be making a prediction on the age over under of the Democrat nominee. Is it like 64? Mm. What, what should we say? What are we? What do we want to set it at? We'll bet on the we'll Democratic come back to nominee this. for 2020. Yeah, it's is gonna it? it's gonna be oh. uh, Stormy Daniels' lawyer. percent. <laughs> oh, What's that guy's name? Oh my god, I'm I am gonna. We move. need change. I might move to Canada. I think we should all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's Canada get to the is. news or China. First news story of the week, Kaplan, comes to us from New York Magazine. Okay. Exciting. We're sticking on politics here. 12 young people on why they probably won't vote. Oh, boy. Well, we're not going to go through all 12, but we'll okay. go through a few. Samantha, age 22, out of uh, Old Bridge, New Jersey. Ooh. She says, 2016 was such a dis- disillusioning experience because Hillary lost, <laughs> so I'm not voting this time. That's logical. Go to hell. Yeah. So <laughs> that... I mean, she's being rational, but uh, that's dumb. I think it's because uh, people uh, are used to winning. Yeah, that, that was a big thing in well, 2016. Like if, if you well, young win people the Super they want to. You don't stop playing football. Wait, it's like it. it's like in sports. Like, I was about to say, like when your team gets blown out and like a terrible loss, you always think like they're that team like going to come back the next week, all fired up. That we can practice. The, the they're definitely going to win next week. Yeah. You don't just lay and throw in the towel. I mean, not to go with a major cliche, but it's the trophy. It's you know how everyone says the trophy generation that they yeah. never lose. Yeah. Mm. You never get trouble losing. I think I really do think in 2016, people just also because Obama had won twice in a row, and if you were age 18 at yeah. that time, you would never yeah. really experience yeah. a loss politically. And if you yeah. weren't into sports, especially like you didn't have, you didn't know heartbreak. You don't understand this, how to true. come back from a loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, not saying a lot of those people didn't play sports. If you were but a yeah. Philly, Philly, people will still be voting. They're used to, it, but yeah, yeah. Old Bridge, New yeah, New Jersey, Jersey is just oh, yeah, too Bridge, used to yeah. being a uh, yeah. I guess where my brother lives. Champions. I'll have to ask him to look this person up and get okay. Reese, age twenty three, from Hudson, Ohio. He's never voted, mm. and he said because he uh, has read so much, he re- reads a lot about politics. But he's he's like every new every six months he reads a new book. This is actually a fair okay. uh, assessment. So he's saying he's like in he went from high school to college, always reading a new book, and he's always saying something different. <laughs> and then he didn't want to vote because he didn't want to vote for something that in six months from now he'd read another book and find out like that he didn't agree with what he previously oh, voted like for. Like he someone this gives him deeper problems. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> way of looking at life. Like he can't yeah. he'll never be able to settle down to a decision. Yeah, because yeah. you could keep reading like back and forth. Yeah. Like he he said he, he was like really like liberal, the, and then he read right. Machiavelli, com- right. and then he was like. The Art of War, is that Machiavelli? And then he was like, yeah. oh, I don't know, maybe I'm a conservative now. And I kind of respect else. him. This guy needs to find I, I his, like... I like him, but he should, while he's in each phase, you vote. There's no shame in being like, years ago, I was a big liberal. Now, you could change. It's okay. We've all you know? voted for stuff we didn't like. I never have. Never? I voted You're- for Hillary in 2016. Complete <laughs> disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that worked out. Full of regret on I that. I totally one. should have voted Gary Johnson if we were going to. Yeah, I think I voted for Tyler Sparks for uh, Nightburg president. No. In college? <laughs> no, I didn't. Tim, age 27, Austin, Texas. He's, uh, he's never voted. He says, I hate mailing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Solid reason. It gives me anxiety. 100%. 
What? Oh, so but he can't register. In- oh, but he gets to register. Is you have to said. vote by mail. In I think you have to register by mail, right? Really? Is that what he means? I have to register. He says I have. This is. Or you can excuse. do it in person. You can show up. It gets better. I have ADHD. Oh no. my god, this kid. And it makes it hard for me to do certain tasks where the payoff is far off in the future or abstract. I really don't find it intrinsically motivational. Wow. So, I mean, he's 100 percent down the line with all the political science. And that, sure. I mean, that really goes into what I said last week about that bomber. I mean, I'm glad that this guy agrees with me. I knew he was an older guy. Young people can't mail. Yeah. Kaplan knew that. <laughs> knew the bomber, the uh, mail bomber, was an old man because young you people don't do mail. mail. And this yeah. is why I had to, you know, it's easy to get very upset when, when we have co- people who have been in Congress forever and they can't hear. Yeah. And that the 2020 nominee is going to be like collecting Social Security, or whatever. But yes. at the same point, young people are idiots. I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we I can't kinda, run office because we actually can't print and mail something. Yeah, That's young people true. are pretty like. I y- voted absentee in 2016 because I, mean, I couldn't figure out the New York registration shit. Yeah, so that's why. Hundred percent. Okay, to piggyback off that though, Anna, age twenty-one, New York, New York. All right, mm-hmm. never voted. Listener. Never voted. Here's her reason: Most people my age have zero need to go to the post office, <laughs> and may have never stepped into one before. Okay. Honestly, if someone has the forms printed for me uh-huh. and was willing to deal with the post office for me, I'd be much more inclined to vote. What is this? This post office? You, can, you don't vote by mail. Yeah, I don't understand. You think- can show up. Eventually, I showed up in person and registered because I don't. I don't understand the mail, but that's yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I, I oh, go ahead. I do mail in my votes because so. yeah, you do absentee. Yeah, but I but know how she, to buy a stamp. See, yeah. I tr- I tried to change. I've always been independent. Like my pro- my only protest against Trump was I vote. I tried to register Democrat for the and I did it by online. You could do it online. And I thought yeah, this was great. Did the exact same. Thing. And then I went to vote in some local election. There was this like real like everybody. Everyone in the neighborhood was in love with this guy. He was very the Democrat socialist guy. Yeah. So I have to be a troll. So I went to vote against him for, for the. <laughs> sure. I went to vote for. For, for the Democrat who was in office for like 100 years, the corrupt one. I was like, keep the status quo. Keep the status quo. Keep the status quo. I mean, in hindsight, I, I, it would have been good to Well, actually, this is great. Yeah, fair. And re- my wife was in love with the other guy. Uh, so see? we were doing yeah. the canceling out thing, and we got a true cancel out, I realized, because we both got things in the mail. We showed up. They didn't have either of us registered. There you go. And then we signed an affidavit, and then we got things in the mail saying it didn't count. Yeah. So you can't, it doesn't work online, is my point. You do have to mail, I guess. So yeah. Can uh, I say this? Yeah, I. Uh, here on the podcast, we're always looking for jobs for Joe Schaefer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. P- people who are comedians who need to somehow make ends meet during the day. <laughs> Joe yeah. Schaefer. Why doesn't Joe? Yeah. She says if somebody will can... print it out for me and oh. was willing to deal with the post office, I'd be much more Do you think Joe knows how to use a printer? No. I That's yeah. a billion dollar idea. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Things millennials can't handle and I generation people can't handle. Start a you job. You do it for them. Yeah. yeah you do mail for things them. for them. They'll spell pay it 20 You answer bucks. the door for them when someone rings <laughs> yeah. the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and the last person, Aaron, age 25, Atlanta, Georgia. This actually, this one makes the most sense. This is why okay. I saved it for last. It's a little long, but he says, I volunteered for Bernie Sanders. I went to many rallies. I was the first... I was at the first presidential debate in Las Vegas, but when he folded and then immediately went to defend Hillary, a person who had been campaigning against him for 18 months, it literally killed me. Uh, it, it just <laughs> Jesus. Wait, it just really it killed, killed him. Killed it, it literally killed Sorry, him. Sorry, he said it really- it <laughs> I'm just, dead now. It just really killed it for me. I have no respect for that. It's the same thing on the other side. Look with Ted Cruz. Uh, he spent his last two years being made fun of by Donald Trump, and then we see Trump saying Cruz is uh, the right guy for Texas now and to go against yeah. Peter Rourke. So yeah. basically saying there's no, um, there's no integrity in any yeah. of this, and so why be involved in any of it? I kind of agree with that. That's fair. I'm I'm very biased in that because when I heard that about the Hillary side, I was like, oh, come on. He was being a good team sport. And then you hear the Republican side and you're like, we're all the Republicans who were against Trump and then were for him. I'm like, yeah, fuck those guys. But that's yeah. like my own non-scientific right. bias but I just getting think involved. Trump is an extreme example where, yeah, like, I mean, I know Ted Cruz has to do it to try to win in Texas because it's closer. Yeah. And he, he gave that, you know, he gave a convention speech denouncing Trump, basically. Yeah. He didn't endorse him. Yeah. And now he's like turning. He just, but, but also, if you listen to people like Tulsi Gabbard, 
right? Yeah. Out of Hawaii. She yeah. says that um, Hillary, like it was stolen. She just, Hillary just straight up stole it from Bernie. Yeah, but so she, that could yeah. be worse. But, she did, yeah. but that's the thing. Like, this is a little bit of the generation where it's like, you don't get what you want and you just go home. Like, yeah. you, you lost. Bernie yeah. lost. He did the right well, thing. Well, it's sort he of supported. like, the, again, the sportsmanship be, thing was, yeah. is to say, all right, well, now our choices are these two. Obviously, I'm closer to this person, so let's go right. with this You person. can't get everything you want, but when like somebody supports 95%, like, I don't know. I would be curious to know what old people give for reasons they aren't voting. And I also don't know what percentage of, Mm. say, millennials are not voting compared to older people. I know older people vote more, but, like, is it getting worse among millennials? I don't know the answer to this. Or like Older people, yeah, they vote. I think they do vote because they don't have a lot of else going on. Like, I have no... Yeah, I know older people... Yeah. If the old Wait, people are you calling like... me an old person? I've lost track. No, I was saying old pe- I was saying no offense to the old people. Oh, 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 I thought you were saying to me. I was like, come on. I no. think we're the same age. Same age. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of old people in Florida, who's going to win the governor? That's my one thing I'm curious oh, about. Oh, Jesus. Jeb Bush. Is he still in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Low energy. He's going to like, be a write-in win or something like that. Because I've heard from people I know down in Florida that they hate both candidates. Yeah. And then like everyone I know is begrudgingly voting for one of them. Yeah. But they don't really. Who are the candidates? No, this guy Gillum. Who's, is that how you pronounce it? I, I think he's, so. He just, of the people I know, I guess they're kind of centrist, so he's pretty progressive. And then the Republican's kind of a nut. He's the one who did this. He did a campaign ad where he was like reading bedtime stories to his kids and they were like the art of the deal. Oh. <laughs> he's like, the one, he, I, if I'm thinking the same person, he made headlines because he called Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that girl or whatever she is and oh, it made everyone guy. all worked up. Yeah. yeah. Triggered. We probably have done that in the pod, but we didn't mean it. We didn't yeah. mean it. Yeah. We did it's not. It's different when you're not running for yes. office. <laughs> Tell all the right. kids to join the army. That's is- the podcast. Thank you to Gary Johnson. Thank you. Senator jo- Governor Johnson, Senator Johnson, Senator-elect. Senator-elect Gary Johnson. Thank you to Andrea Jones-Roy. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having me. Parting words for everyone going out to vote tomorrow? I mean, you should do it, if, if nothing else, because it's kind of fun and it makes you feel like you're being effective. Do it. Kaplan, what should we do? We should get lost. Get lost. And go vote. Democracy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.